turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know when something happens and someone says something and there's like an automatic response? You know what I mean? You mean when you say something and I say, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh? Anything? (laughs) No, okay. Like someone, someone sneezes. God bless you. Exactly. Total strangers. I was where I was at the other day, and someone, someone, I sneezed, and someone said, and I was like, thank you. It was like this little tiny sort of holy thing going on very quickly. Anyway, I was on the elevator today coming up, and uh, a guy got off on the fifth floor, and he said to me, as he was exiting, peace be with you. Really? What did I say? And also with you. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're trained. That's it. All right. Yeah. I say, this is the word of God. Yes. What do you say? I don't know. What, don't you say, thanks be to God? No, I don't. That was not part of me growing up. Really? No. When they would do the gospel reading, that isn't a Catholic thing. Thanks be to the Word of God. No. Thanks. No, not thanks be to the Word of God. Thanks be to God. No. Like if you said, "This is this is the Word of God." No, after uh-uh. you've done with the reading, uh-uh. oh, it must be an Anglican thing uh-uh. or an Episcopal thing. Could be Anglican. Is it Anglican, Anglican thing? Is it really? yes. okay. Thank you, Mike. Well, wait, you're not Anglican. No, but I've been to. I mean, I've been oh, to okay, a lot of right, churches. Sure, I just sure, figured, sure. I guess, since it was liturgical, that all you guys are all the same. That's what I was thinking. Yep, we're all the same. I got to, you remember when you, when you were a kid, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. did you not love to get like um, the scholastic books? Oh my gosh. And then they yes. always had, so my mom would say, yeah, you can get a book, which is a big deal, but you cannot get like a book that's a cheesy book. Right. You can't get like books that had comics in them. Not that you could get comic books from Scholastic, but they would have like their version of comic books. Right. You weren't allowed to get those. Or I could never get like the Guinness Book of World Records oh, right. book. That yeah. kind Because of, that really wasn't really reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is still the case. I don't know if they still have the little Scholastic thing that comes out. It would come out, I think, on a Friday, and then you'd have to the next Friday. It would come out once a month. Exactly. To decide if you wanted to order books. I love that so much. I, lo- I just thought it was the greatest. I know. Pre-internet, it was like the deep dive into a wealth of knowledge, yeah. or so you thought. Yeah, yeah. And I'd spent a lot <laughs> a lot of time in bookstores when I was a little kid with my dad. But it was – most bookstores at that time didn't have a, any children's section, or if they did have one, it was bad. Really? It certainly was not anything – like I, I would be at the back of Walden Books at, Nor- at Northway Mall when I was little. There's no kid section. No kidding. No, you just sit on the carpet back there in the corner and be quiet. try to find something. But didn't you love it when you took your kids to the kids section? When, when listen, when there, when we, by the time we had kids, there were kids Heck sections. Yeah. It's fabulous. Anyway, um, I was looking at uh, some stuff today, and I came across uh, 135 amazing facts for people who like amazing facts, which should be the title of a book. That would be great. Are we going to go through all 135? No, I don't have time for that. That's but you know, it's, it's one of the, when we were kids. Mike, I thought you were going to count us down. <laughs> I was getting ready. Okay, was, <laughs> we'd be on the air till six o'clock. When we, we were are kids, on the air though, till six o'clock. I mean, you know what I mean. Doing That's amazing perfect. facts. 
That's <laughs> great timing, I think actually. it would be our best show yet. <laughs> but if Listen, I was going to buy a Scholastic book, this as a kid would have been, been the book that I would have bought. But your mom wouldn't have let you. No. Grace would have said, no, you I don't think so. You would have had to buy Bruce's Golly Whopper Egg, <laughs> right. which is a Scholastic book. Johnny, you can't have that. Okay, so so let me just read you a few, and I'll, the, truly, few random facts. You do have a big stack of papers yeah. there. Here's the first random fact. Mr. Rogers always mentioned out loud that he was feeding his fish because a young blind viewer once asked him to do so. She wanted to know the fish were okay. Isn't that cool? That's cute. How about that? Yeah. Amelia Earhart and Eleanor Roosevelt once sneaked out of a White House event, commandeered an airplane, and went on a joyride to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> These are all verified? Oh, all verified. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've done that in the middle of our show. <laughs> <laughs> Since founding the Imagination Library in 1995, Dolly Parton has donated 100 million books to children. Wow. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. In 1974, the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis published a paper titled The Unsuccessful Self-Treatment of a case of writer's block. It contained a total of zero words. <laughs> I mean, That's funny. It is funny. Volvo gave away the 1962 patent for their revolutionary three-point seatbelt for free in order to save lives. Hmm. Isn't that That's the sweets. Yeah, they're you very know, kind. The, the, and they put safety first. Yep. They always have. You had a Volvo, didn't you? I did. A 240. Uh-huh. One of those ones, and it was a stick. It had to be a stick, was, right? It was a brick. And it was an absolute tank. Uh, that's my wife's car. A neighbor, a neighbor sold us that car, a former FBI agent. Mm, so it, we it knew it was probably, like a quality car. It had car. probably taken enemy fire also. Oh, that, I've got a photograph. Towards the end of that car's life, that car would break down like every 15 miles. My wife would call and say, oh, I'm on the boulevard. Can you come and get us? And my, I'd show up and like help get the car resurrected again. My kids would give me this look like... You're the fault here, John, Mr. Hall. You're the fault, Dad, that this car is breaking down. It was always came with a lot of a lot of guilt. Well, that's what happens when you have an old car. Okay, tell me another couple. I'm ready. Bella Lugosi was buried in full no, Dracula wait, he, wait, costume. He, yeah, he was, he was Dracula. He was buried in full Dracula costume, cape and all. Wait, when he died? Yep. That's weird. <laughs> that is creepy uh-huh, and weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Why are you laughing, Mike? That is creepy and weird. An estimated one million dogs in the United States have been named primary beneficiary in their owner's wills. (laughs) (laughs) But someone else has to be the executor. The Russians showed up 12 days late to the 1908 Olympics in London because they were using the Julian calendar instead of the Gregorian calendar. That is an awesome little bit of trivia. That is so good. So they missed like what? Well, they missed probably 55% most of it. 55% of it. Yeah. In Japan, letting a sumo wrestler make your baby cry is considered good luck. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, Marie Curie yes. remains the only person to earn Nobel Prizes in two different sciences. And Does it say what the sciences are? are? No. Mm-mm. No. Chemistry. And uh-huh. they don't have a special one for radiology. I don't know. No, but there no, wasn't can't. radiology at that point. Right. So she, she invented radiology, essentially. Wendy's founder, remember Dave Thomas? Dave Thomas. 
Dropped out of high school, but earned his GED in 1993. His GED class voted him most likely to succeed. Because <laughs> he already owned a business <laughs> and had come up with a little already girl already probably a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, When's the last time you ate at Wendy's? Oh, it's been forever. I, mean, I never. I used to. That was my fast food of choice. Whenever yeah. I needed fast food, needed like I need fast right. food. No one needs fast food. By the way, we're going to talk about that later as the show unfolds. That was my fast food of choice. Me too. Totally I, fell off the radar. I remember the first time I had a Wendy's burger. So do I. I was in West Virginia, and I thought, Listen, oh my gosh. I was in Marietta, Georgia. It that, was, there weren't any around here. And we went there to visit friends, and our friends said, we're going to take you to this uh, this restaurant. It's brand <laughs> – wait, wait. It's brand new, and it's like McDonald's, only way nicer. And we were like, oh my wow, gosh. what would be nicer than McDonald's? Donald's, that's amazing. And when we walked in and saw, remember the newsprint that was on the table? Oh, yeah. I was like, this is incredible. This is terrific. And then they brought out a Frosty. Oh. Sold. Yeah. Instant. Instantly. Well, there Instant was, customer. They were square burgers. They came hot and fresh. In their prime, Wendy's was pretty unbeatable. The Frosty is. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the chili came out. That, oh, oh, yeah. The chili. I yeah. was 13. And Holy that was smokes. Such a, oh, that was a big deal. Do you dip your fries in Frosty? Sure. Oh, isn't Happily. that a great choice? So yep. mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's happened to Wendy's? I don't, I feel as if, from my perspective, they haven't kept up. I think Chick-fil-A has messed up the whole Chick-fil-A world Chick-fil-A has? Bit. Just the whole fast food world. Yeah, I think they have. Huh. Okay. When Gene Wilder accepted the role of Willy Wonka, he had one condition. In his first appearance, Wilder wanted Wonka to limp toward the crowd with a cane in hand before falling into a perfect somersault and jumping back up. The reason? Quote, because from that time on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. It's very odd. Hmm? Do you know how much I despise that movie? What? Willy Wonka? It's a weird movie. I. Why do you despise it? Be, because I, I, there's not one thing I like about it. E- either version. Either really? the Gene Wilder version oh, you know what I like about or it? the Tim Burton version. I like the weird grandparents. They give me the creeps. No, I like that. So they just kind of like to me. That's kind of like life ambition right now. I don't They're like just lying the sto- in bed. I don't like the story. Do you like that movie, Mike? I do. It's one I of really, my favorites. The oh, Golden really Ticket. Yeah, it's every kid's dream. No, heck yeah. Okay, last. Thank you. That right there. That sounds like a weird horror film. Like no, the next thing, someone's no, gonna no, no, someone's gonna come out with like a dagger and end lives. That's just a weird bias. I think. I'm sorry. Uh, listen, two things. Apollo 17 astronaut Harrison Schmidt mm-hmm. was allergic to moon dust. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I mean, how weird is that? Uh, that's good. Okay, here's the last one. At the Gettysburg reunion in 1913. There is, there is such a thing. I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm sure yep. there are probably for, for reunions forever. Well, for almost. At the Gettysburg reunion in 1913, two men purchased a hatchet, walked to the site where their regiment had fought, and buried it. Hmm. Isn't that cool? That's cool. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's a, a flavor wow. of 135 wow, amazing that facts. that is so terrific. All right. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk pirate baseball. Dick Grote and Steve Blass in our 5 o'clock hour with Rob De- Beer Temple of the, at the Athletic. I was going to say the Atlantic, but it's the Athletic. Coming up next, three differences between Christian denominations. We'll see who says, and this is the word of God. 101.5 WORD. This is so awesome. 
awesome. That could be you when your family wins a summer getaway to beautiful Colorado Springs with an Adventures in Odyssey VIP experience with an exclusive behind-the-scenes VIP tour at Focus on the Family, airfare, hotel, and transportation included. And just for entering, you'll receive a free downloadable PDF of Wooten's Wacky Word Games and activities for hours of fun. Enter today for the Adventures in Odyssey VIP experience getaway. Go to wordfm.com slash adventure. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. I'm Alexandra. I'm the styling director at Guild Group. I've always believed that when a woman is in an outfit that she loves, she not only looks amazing, but she feels amazing too. What am I working for? To inspire confidence through style. At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Our mattresses are designed with the highest quality materials and are hand-built in our local employee-owned factories, all for hundreds less than mainstream mattress brands. Sound too good to be true? Stop by your local factory for a personal tour and to see how your favorite bed is made from beginning to end. Or you can check out any of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com to find out what the OMF difference is all about. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping, and I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Eric Andre is with us. Pastor Andre has been a regular guest on our show for many a year. He is campus pastor for Lutheran Student Fellowship, also associate pastor at First Trinity Church in Shadyside. Eric, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, my voice is uh, struggling a little bit, but I think I got at least 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll count, we're going to count down. That's Rob. I got 15 minutes left in, in the larynx. Yeah, we won't. We won't go 16. Uh, Eric. <laughs> Every couple of months, we do a segment on our show called Ask the Pastor, and it's just one of these you know, open phone line type of things where people can ask whatever they want. And almost every time, someone asks why there are so many denominations. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, asked, I get asked a similar question. I mean, being specifically a Lutheran pastor, I get asked some version of that question along the lines of, 
what is the difference between Lutheranism and, you know, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. uh, which is really kind of, kind of it's, it's a corollary question. I mean, the, the simple answer to why there are so many dom- denominations is because we live in a very diverse, pluralistic world and filled with sinners who sadly and unfortunately uh, are not unified in their understanding of Scripture and their understanding of e- even the person and work of Christ and their understanding of uh, the sacraments or the ordinances, as we might call them. And, uh, and these are dearly held beliefs, and of course they're crucial, they're foundational. So uh, I-, I think that what Christian denominations hold in common uh, is also what tends to dis- distinguish us. And, and what I mean by that is those things that I just specifically mentioned. I mean, obviously, any Christian individual, any Christian denomination or community has at its core its belief in Christ as, as true God and true man, and as the one who is crucified and risen for our salvation, so cr- who Christ is and his work. At the core of their belief, they have uh, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures of the both the Old and New Testament, as uh, a, the source of, of doctrine and life and teaching. And again, at the core of their life, they have certain practices, certain rites, certain ceremonies, uh, some call them sacraments, some ordinances, that kind of give shape and form to that life. And we all hold, we all hold these things together. We, we all have a certain common confession of Christ, perhaps best summarized in the creeds. Not all churches uh, confess those creeds, the Apostles and Nicene Creed, but just about all Christians would say, yeah, maybe we don't use them, but we actually agree with what's in there. And again, we all turn to the Scriptures in our preaching and our daily devotions, and we all, you know, just virtually all Christians practice at least some form of some of the sacraments in terms of especially baptism and communion. But those are also the things that distinguish us. You know, who do we say exactly Christ is? What's the emphasis? And are there other sources of doctrine along with Scripture? And how many are the sacraments? And what do the sacraments do? And which direction do they go, if you will? So, um, yeah. It's an awful lot. So, but Eric, when we get to heaven, will any of that matter? Well, <laughs> it, it, it may not matter in heaven, but it will matter on the way. And, and I, I guess what I mean by that is uh, that uh, we all... Uh, again, as individual Christians, because no one can believe for anyone else, we all as individual Christians, but also as communities of faith where we listen to our teachers and seek to walk together to be of one mind, the mind of Christ, uh, the further we come away from uh, the core of the truth of these things. I mean, if, if for example, and, and I'm not going to be argumentative here in this, in this interview, but if, for example, two churches hold differing views on when someone should be baptized, or if baptism is regenerating, or if it's you know, symbolic of a death and resurrection, well, they can't both be right. So one of them is in error. I mean, that's not popular to say in, in a pluralistic, politically correct society, and even church, but one is in error and one is not. Or, if they, or is, they could both be in error. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> there may be a third view. That's right. I mean, there's actually a popular series out, I forget who publishes it out, called Four or Five Different Views On, and then it's, you know, a certain teaching or doctrine from mm-hmm. the Bible. So you're right. It's not as simple as black and white. Uh, I guess my point is that the further we depart from the truth of Scripture, and if we depart from it, it can endanger the faith. And, and I think we would certainly acknowledge that um, with, you know, those churches that are not maybe, for example, even Trinitarian. If we, you know, if we look at, frankly, if we look at the Mormon Church, uh, if we look at Jehovah's Witnesses, there's serious concern there because of what they say or do not say about the divinity of Christ. And so I think a lot of Christians, certainly a lot of evangelical Christians, will recognize that. And so we have to recognize that any departure from biblical truth can endanger the faith. Um, 
fortunately, we have a gracious God, and I'm a firm believer that we will see Christians of all denominational stripes in heaven, because at the core of the faith is the clinging to Christ as the Savior. And and maybe that's the key point, you know? What does a church... Because I think the questions about denominations also kind of has to do with church shopping, you know, uh, for lack of a better term. And and I think the most important thing there is, you know, not how good the coffee is, not not even if they have a great youth program, or if the music's beautiful, or if the building's beautiful, uh, or what, you know, what vestments the pastor wears. The, The most important thing is, are they proclaiming Christ and Him crucified and resurrected for your salvation? Is that their focus on Christ as Lord and Savior? And what are they saying about Him? What's, what's the direction in the sense of preaching? Is it that we reach up to Christ to follow His example, which is an aspect of the Christian faith, but is that the emphasis, or is the emphasis that Christ has come down to us, is our Savior, rescues us, that His grace is unconditional, and that that's what we cling to? And I know that many, many, many Christians across the denominational landscape, that is what they cling to. And Mm -hmm. that's what we need to listen for. That's what we need to proclaim in our churches. Eric Andres with us, campus pastor, Lutheran Student Fellowship, and a First Trinity Church in Shadyside, battling a cold, and yet he still remains. Stalwart. Um, Eric, the the definitive nature of our denominations, um, you know, part of me thinks that that's, you know, such a sad thing is, you know, we know in in, uh, John 17 how much Jesus prayed for unity, that we would all be one as he and his father are one. And yet, at the same time, I recognize that the reason that denominations are as they are is because people believe strongly in in different things. And I think there's also something lovely about that. And I wonder if there's a way that we can – wonder if there's a way that we can be orthodox in what we believe and, you know, stick to what what we um, have been convinced are – are the essential elements, while at the same time being humble enough to recognize that our understanding could never possibly, and no no bit of theology could ever sum up the person of God. Yeah, and, and, and no, no human attempts to construct a confession of faith will be perfected in this life. And, and, and I, think, I think there's something to what you're saying. I think that we can learn from the diversity within mm-hmm. Christendom, especially as regards emphases. Uh, I guess I use that word again. Uh, you know, I think of, I had a conversation recently with a friend of mine uh, who is a, a Presbyterian pastor, and as I mentioned, I'm Lutheran, and this person uh, was saying that in his preaching, he tends to emphasize the corporate nature of sin, the structures of right. sin, the systemic structures of sin. In my preaching, and traditionally in Lutheran preaching, we emphasize the individual nature of sin. Mm. But it's not that one is wrong and the other is right. And, and, and this discussion with him helped me to see some aspects of sin and some ways that I could apply it in my preaching and teaching that I probably would not have seen before if my discussions had been exclusively with Lutherans. So I think that's one example where we can enrich and learn from each other from each yeah. other's traditions. Um, and frankly, also, we can learn where we need correction, <laughs> not just where we need enrichment, but also where we need correction. So I'm, I'm, I'm big on you know, ecumenical dialogue and learning, learning from one another. And I think that is, in a way, paradoxically, an expression of the unity, that we can sit down, that we can listen to one another, that we can dialogue, that we can pray for one another. Uh, we are, after all, members of the body of Christ. We have been baptized into him. As such, I strongly believe that those uh, who have uh, had that water poured on them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and who confess his name, are brothers and sisters with me. And so we do have a unity that's not always as manifest as we would like it, or as obvious as we would like it. But again, uh, 
here, you know, we confess every Sunday in the Creed that we are members of the one holy Christian apostolic church. So I, I believe that even though that body of Christ, that oneness, has, has been damaged, so to speak, it's been lacerated by, uh, in some ways by, this, by, by, the, by the visible disunity. And so, but we keep working for that. We, you know, we keep praying for that. Uh, I mean, I talk to you guys, even though you're not Lutheran, you're not every month, so <clears throat> here we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so that, what you're saying is there's the unity of Christ, but of the tens of thousands, and I'm sure that's not an exaggeration, of Christian denominations worldwide, there are oftentimes major differences and many times minute differences, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, and I, and I think we, and, and, and to, to distinguish where we have freedom uh, and where we, I mean, what we have to do is like the Bereans. We have to search the scriptures and we have to read the scriptures through the lens of the author of the scripture, which is which is Christ Himself, right? He on the road to Emmaus, He opened the eyes of the of the, the disciples so that they could see that all the Old Testament, the prophets, the Psalms, Moses was all about Him. So we read it through the lens of Isaiah fifty three mm-hmm. and the suffering servant. We read it through that that God man walking on the road to Emmaus. How is this pro- proclaiming Christ? I mean, I would encourage your readers, for example, or listeners, I should say, if they haven't done this, read the Psalms and think about the Psalms, not just how does this apply to me, but think of it as the voice of Christ. What is Christ saying about himself, and what is he saying about himself as, 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 as the body of Christ, as the church? And, and I think we apply that then to the rest of Scripture, we search the Scriptures, we search the Scriptures for Christ, and, and that's really foundational. And then, does the church that I'm visiting, does it proclaim this to the Christians with which I'm conversing with, are they proclaiming this, and, and how can we sharpen each other in being Christ-centered and cross-focused. Very nice. So, Eric, here we are. This is the uh, fourth week of Lent, um, most likely. Well, you'll probably join us at some point uh, over the um, Easter celebration. But um, talk to us about what happens at First Trinity as uh, Easter Holy Week unfolds. Yeah, we really, we really walk with Jesus as we come into Holy Week leading up to Easter Sunday. We, we have services every day, uh, Palm Sunday, the 14th, uh, through Easter Sunday, the 21st. 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and then uh, during Holy Week, uh, the week between there, we have services every night at 7 p.m. We follow the gospel accounts of Jesus. We really immerse ourselves in those, and, and also from the Old Testament, the lamentations uh, that are, are so rich in, in, in terms of his suffering and his death. And then, as I've mentioned to you guys before, my, my high point of the year is really the Easter vigil that we have uh, on, on Saturday night, April 20th this year at sunset, where... It's a long service, lots of readings, and we, we literally move from darkness to light. We move from dark violet vestments to white and gold vestments. We move from no flowers to flowers, from no music to music. We move from outside to inside, and we have baptisms and confirmations and two sermons. And it's just, uh, if, if any listener has not been in Easter Vigil and would love to join us, we, we, we'd love to have them. It's, uh, they, they won't regret it. And so that's, that's yeah, it's, it's the greatest week of the year, I think, in the church and for Amen. me as a pastor and as a Christian. I agree. The Reverend Eric Andre, Campus Pastor, Lutheran Student Fellowship, and also here in the Pittsburgh area at First Trinity Church in Shadyside. Thanks, Eric. First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course... 
you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. Dial 800-815-0745, and one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976-1-800-990-6976-1-800-990-6976. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus said, but it's going to take a lot of prayer to make it happen. Join us Thursday, May 2nd, as we celebrate the National Day of Prayer, 6.15 p.m. at Christ Church at Grove Farm. An hour of music, prayer, and exhortation as we call on God to move in our hearts and heal our land. Free and open to the public, come join us for this special one-hour kickoff celebration to mark the official start of the Pittsburgh Prayer Conference. Details at wordfm.com slash prayer. Clouds will be gradually increasing across the area tonight, the low 36. For tomorrow, cloudy with a little bit of rain beginning late in the morning, high 53. Some rain and drizzle off and on for tomorrow night, low 44. Remaining cloudy and damp for Friday with some showers around. Friday's high 58 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. I don't know about you, but I love that song. Uh, I do, and I love the band. Of course, that's the iconic sound of ABBA. And ABBA, in a press release today, said for the first time in 37 years, come September of this year, they will release a brand new song. How about that? And chances are, it could be just as annoying as that one. I like that song. Oh, okay, the band said the the song has been delayed too long. Mm-hmm. Earlier they said they yeah, planned... this song this song should have been delayed a little longer. <laughs> Earlier they said that Abbott plans to reunite for a virtual tour. 
featuring the virtual tours. They're not actually going to be there. They're featuring digital avatars. Oh, that's weird. And that one and of the lame. two new songs, two new songs, is entitled "I Still Have Faith in You." ABBA shot to fame by winning the 1974 Eurovision Song Contest with Waterloo. Had big hits in the 70s, including "Dancing Queen," before splitting up in 1982. Uh, I like the sound. There you go. Mm. Oh, you had to be alive to love this. What an awful song. No, no. Oh, it is. It's ABBA. Do you know that they none of them ever spoke English? Right. I've so seen they, them in they, interviews. Yeah, they never knew what they were saying, yeah. which is why you also can't understand any of the lyrics. They're Swedish. You it's, can dance. It's such a weird band. How did they become so pop? I don't get it. Because it's fun. Is it's it? clean. It's, it's clean. great Everything, harmonies. Most things were clean. No, no, it's clean in the sound. You know like what it, it is? It's I like, like it it's an earwig. Every one of their sounds yeah, exactly. is an earwig, and you 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 want to escape it. You no, want no. It, you want to be with an earwig. There's a little be, slice of genius. You want to be well, and mm. you can't be because this thing is assaulting you in your head. So I'm assuming in your great dislike of ABBA, you've never owned an ABBA. Oh, album. never, never did. Never. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they own an island. Yeah. Well, I think they, made they bought a, their own island. They made big, big fat chunks, didn't they? What kind of concert? Isn't that just unacceptable that you would have like virtual performers? Like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. pay 60 bucks so I can go just to the an paint, avatar. paint can and see four avatars yeah. sing Dancing Queen at me. I don't know. Wow. In the prime, they were just so beautiful, weren't they? I would never even know who they are. Yeah, because they were sort of anonymous. Right? The four of them all mixed in there together. Well, and they didn't speak the language, and nope. so they were just... Uh, you and know, despite all that, they had huge success. Okay, so did Mamma Mia, did you see it? Uh, I did not. Oh. I, I had no desire. You would no, I had no despise desire. it. That was the Meryl Streep movie, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, would no. despise it. So Actually, look, you would despise Mamma Mia, too. Well, look, so after ABBA broke up, they continued, you know, the brain but, trust. I mean, look, they are so... They prolific. Are, they, they're such multi-jillionaires. Yeah. My, my, my alt, one of my all-time favorite musicals is a musical called Chess, which is a fabulous musical written by the members of ABBA. Only? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, chess. Check it out sometime. Okay, so you're a big fan. No, I'm not a gigantic fan. But if I if, if I'm driving down the road and I hear an ABBA song, I'm turning Mike, it up. Mike, you a fan? I am. Of course he is. He's I in am. there like he knows the parts. Yeah, he's it, in there. Um, Dancing Queen. When I used to DJ, that was that was a big hit. Of course it was. The cr- get it got the crowd up right it did. away. It did. There's energy and fun. Let's have a blast. I mean, seriously, don't you listen to that and think, oh my gosh, no. how did this get to be a hit? Listen, no. everything doesn't have to be high art. It's a toe Some things just. Ex- Thank you, Mike. It is a toe tapper. Well said. It's a toe tapper. It is a toe tapper. It's not a toe tapper. Yeah, it's a what? All right, play it's us a- out. Okay, thank you. Abba, September, October, new music. Oh.
101.5 WORD. With more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways, too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. Spending time with family. That's my favorite thing to do. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drum, Neville Island, later tonight from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro Pecan Sweet Potato Casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Sight and Sound Theaters invites you to a special event. Come to movie theaters nationwide for three days only. Noah, I will cover the earth with a great flood. A flood? You must build an ark. Come on board for one of the world's best-known voyages in this original stage production filmed in front of a live audience. Lord, thank you. I couldn't have done any of this without you. Noah, in movie theaters nationwide for three days only. For locations, visit noahevent.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Remember years ago, uh, I, 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 you could never do this today. I went and saw a doctor, and he said, uh, yeah, uh, walk across the street. This was on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh. Walk across the street. Here's a note. Tell them that I sent you over, and they'll look at you. Essentially, what happened was 
this was the first time I had ever in my life been inside an MRI, in one of these machines. Mm-hmm. It was brand new. I mean, it was probably like 1981 or something like that. I felt like a hot dog inside of a gigantic bun. It was ultimately terrifying, quite honestly. And I think probably that terror, uh, that's pretty standard for people who get into an MRI machine the first time. Have you done this? I've had a lot of MRIs, yeah. Terrifying. You know what? I didn't find them terrifying. I hate it. Yeah, it depends on the person, I guess. I would prefer to for be anywhere certainly else. Certainly for anyone who is claustrophobic, it would be it's very very difficult. And you've got to be in there forever. Right. It is a long it is a long test. Kathy Warner's with us. Kathy is a poet, a writer, a teacher, an editor, home renovator, real estate agent to she wrote a terrific piece in this month's edition of Image called May All Who Enter Here Be Comforted. Kathy, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So you write really movingly and just technically well about what it's like to be inside one of these crazy machines. And I bet most of our listeners have had an MRI at one time or another. Um, But for people who haven't, Kathy, explain what it's like. Well, it's usually something, right? The doctor needs to figure out what's going on, presenting the symptoms. Um, There, I guess there's... Uh, open machine and a closed machine, and I think I was in a closed machine. Mm-hmm. So you um, are put on a tray. I sort of felt like a piece of meat and slid into a very small chamber. If your eyes are open, you can see uh, there's the white covering of the machine just inches from your head, um, and then you have to hold completely still, and the magnets turn on, and they are so loud. Yeah. Just deafening. Yeah. I've I had to accompany my sister to an MRI years ago, and she was in one of the open ones, and they had handed me a pair of headphones, and I held on to her foot because she was nervous. Um, but because I had the headphones and I wasn't in the machine, I, you know, I knew it was noisy, but I had no idea what it would feel like to have that noise just so close to your, your head. Yeah. So there you are. You have to be still. There is a certain amount of time that you're forced to be in this position your thought process was beautiful. You did what, Kath? Well, I, I turned my face, really. There was nothing I could do um, in the machine. I couldn't really think, and it was so loud. I thought, I, you know, if only I could come up with a, an equal and opposite noise <laughs> inside my head to drown out the machine. And um, I came up with, you know, kind of pulled back into memory of hymns, but at first I kept picking the, the happy hymns that I knew by heart, morning has broken and all things bright and beautiful. And that just wasn't calming me down. And um, I just felt like the, the machine was so powerful. And I knew that I wasn't going to die, but it just felt like such an invasion that um, the song that came into my head was, Oh, Sacred Head Now Wounded. And for me, I think um, it was one of the first times that I really... Um, felt um, Jesus' suffering have personal meaning for me. I know um, I've been pretty healthy most of my life, or the kinds of things that I've had, I've been able to fix. I've had migraines, but I had prescriptions for those. And so this was something I had um, sprained. It turns out that I had just torn a bunch of muscles, and there was nothing to do about it except for, for time to heal them. But I had never been in such um, excruciating pain where I really could not move. And even before I was in the machine, the only way to get through a day was just to hold completely still for as long as possible. And I feel like um, 
for me, it was just I had spent several weeks thinking of nothing but myself. My world just shrunk so dramatically when I was so in so much pain. All I was really thinking about was how not to move. And I really had lost pretty much any contact with outside world except for my husband when he came home from work who would you know wait on me and bring me food and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the machine there, um, ha- having those words of, oh, sacred head now wounded, and just really, um, I felt Jesus' presence with me and, and that I understood that, um, you know, in that suffering, it's part of our human experience that, that even though it felt like I was completely alone in that machine, I wasn't. That's beautiful. So fast forward then, Kath. How are you now? Tell us posts in the tube what life is like. Yeah, well, it's actually been a couple years, and um, I still have not completely gone, but I guess that's just part. I'm in my mid-50s, so maybe that's just with age. Things don't go back to normal, so I still have this reminder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I move a certain way or do something, my body says no. That is the place that is still tender. Mm-hmm. But still then, that song, Oh Sacred Head, Now Wounded, still resonates in some way. It does. I find myself, um, I think the reason I, I turned to writing this right now was because it's Lent, and I had that injury during Lent, and it was a song that I learned in Lent when I first became a Christian about 30 years ago. And it just seems for me when when Lent comes and I start thinking about that eventual journey towards Holy Week and the Passion, that that song just runs through my head constantly. I think there's something about the power of music. I didn't grow up in the church, so I'm not a person who has a lot of scripture memorized that I can call on easily, but songs seem to go into another part of the brain that's easier for me to remember and recall. Yes. Well, it's a beautiful piece. Your writing was wonderful. A great story, and I'm glad after the fact that uh, all is right and well with you today. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. You're welcome. Our pleasure. Kathy Warner, may all who enter here be comforted. is coming. Join us with your family and friends for a weekend of worship like no other. Over 70 artists like Skillet, Hillsong Worship, Crowder, Elevation Worship, 10th Avenue North, Mendisa, Carrie Joe, and Ledger. As well as over 15 speakers like Bob Lenz, Reggie Dabbs, and David Nasser. Part of the creation worship experience set in the beautiful mountains of central Pennsylvania. Next summer for four days of music, camping, and family fun. 
Creation Festival is returning to Agape Farm in central Pennsylvania, June 26th through the 29th. Go to creationfest.com to find out more. That's creationfest.com. It will be the highlight of your summer, maybe even your life. When you give to Food for the Poor, you save lives. When you give to Food for the Poor, you bring miracles. When you pray to God, what do you say to Him about yourself and your family? I ask God for strength and courage with my kids. I know God doesn't ever give any pain without relief, so I ask Him keep giving me strength to better raise my kids. Maybe put someone on my path that'll make a difference in my life. Would you let God bring a miracle through you? Food for a year, water for life, to save a child who's been praying for a miracle. Your $80 one-time gift makes that miracle happen right now for a suffering child. Make your life-saving gift of $80 right now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say hope. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. In another life, wouldn't it be great to be a, a chef? Absolutely not. No. No. But if you, in another life, if you were a chef, I would be very happy. And then Mike and I could come to your restaurant. Well, I just, when you see men and women from scratch create this. Isn't it wonderful? Oh my God. I have no desire to do that. None. None. Zero. Well, I want them to fulfill their calling and but just I, love every minute of it. I just would like to be part of that. that, I mean... Creation, that incredible magic. It is amazing. That is amazing. I it just, is absolutely shocking. It's wonderful, and I just love it. Well, Eric Von Hansen, hmm. that's a name. Eric Von Hansen knows what it takes to win on an international stage. This is in today's PG. Um, it says this, this year's regional chef of uh, Caliente Pizza and Oh, Draft yeah, House. Caliente, right on uh, Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield. He's the chef. He is going to compete uh, in two different venues in Parma, Italy. Mr. Von Hansen, who grew up in Shaler, is the only American to be selected to compete in the international Heinz Beck Trophy, named for the three-starred Michelin executive chef of La Pagola in Rome. Hmm. April 10th and 11th, chefs will compete to create a first-course Italian recipe that uses any type of rice, rosado, or pasta, and can be executed in 30 minutes with no advanced preparation. All entries will be nameless. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
That congratulations, that is quite congratulations. an honor. Congratulations! Yeah, he said he's going blindfolded. He has never been to Italy or Parma. He has received some insight from his mother and grandmother, whose family is from Italy. That helps. The biggest challenge, he says, is that will be to find the right ingredients for his fettuccine. So he plans to go truffle foraging and stop by as many different stores as possible to buy local produce. I need to make it the way I make it here in Pittsburgh with the best. Don't you have to have a pig? Don't you have to have a pig? To go truffle hunting. Uh, I don't think so. Can dogs get it? I think people can wander. And... Well, yeah, but I mean the reason you use a pig or a dog is they're so much better than right, us right. at finding them. Yeah. That's an amazing thing too, isn't it? Looking for yes. truffles. And, they're, and they're, they go for like they're, fabulous. they're more valuable than gold. Yes, I know. I love the whole idea. It's so weird. Have you had one? Ever I, had? A truffle? I've never had a whole truffle. I've had truffle oil. Yeah. Which I think is fabulous. I Truffles, just love it. Truffle hunting. Caliente is a nice little place in Liberty Avenue. I've never been there. Yeah. Really? It's, uh, it's um, you know, right by the church, which used to be St. Joe's. Didn't oh, it yeah, used to be yeah, St. Yeah. Joe's? But it's not right. St. Joe's it's anymore. It's a different name, yeah. Really? Is, is it on that same block? It's on the same side. Really? I don't remember exactly down which or, block uh, it is. Towards Bloom, or mm. towards um, Shadyside I or down the hill? I think it's down the hill. Okay. There used to be a member of the costume shop that was yes. there. and Yeah, yeah. The place the I really store. love there is Pizza Italia. Oh, that's an excellent place. Which is the bottom yeah. block going down the hill towards yeah. the strip. I was absolutely it, love Pizza Italia. Was it Dell's? No, what was the restaurant that was there? Yeah. Dell's. That was Dell's. Boy, that was lousy. <laughs> Talk about overrated. Good night. I mean, you went to Dell's out of sort of like, you know, you know, because you're a Pittsburgher and you're in Bloomfield. I, you know, Do you remember when it was on Restaurant Impossible? No, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. When it was dying. Yes. When I, it was on Restaurant. Remember that was a show with yeah, Robert yeah. Um, Robert Irving? It's kind of like, what's that other show which I've never seen? The bar thing where they try to rescue the bar. I've never seen that one. Neither, I, None of you work as a team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't Where's like... the lamb sauce? <laughs> that guy <laughs> not good. is like, that would be so anxiety producing oh my to gosh. live that or watch it. I just well, have no interest in Hell's Kitchen. Well, how None. about if he, like, came into your, and he came into your restaurant and you were like shaking his hand and all of a sudden in 10 minutes, he's like beating you. So I, I'm telling you. Um, However, he does change his approach when he helps kids cook. Oh, I mean, he's let's hope so. Kids. Yeah, let's, otherwise, you scar them for life. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Irvine, he's the dude who did Restaurant Impossible. Okay, and the idea that was that was a cool show is that he would come in and kind. He was like the he was the lead guy, and mm-hmm. he was the host of the show. But he had he so he handled the kitchen part because he's a chef. But he also had interior designers who would redo I the see. restaurant. What if they did that for churches? Wouldn't that be wild? That might be, be a good idea, John. You know, like, you know, your worship consultant who comes in and they, they uh, that's too weird. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't like that. I liked Robert Irvine a lot. Yeah. And I loved the idea of, anyway, so they went in and totally transformed Dell's. It looked terrific. But what they showed about what was going on in the kitchen was so upsetting that the restaurant was never able to recover from that. What do you mean? The, the, the source of the food or no, the preparation the, the, or the relationship dysfunction. Oh, was it a mother and son? It was a, right? I was a, I, I don't know whether Towards it was a brother and sister, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. But it was toxic. so toxic mm. that once you watched it, I think it was scarring. Really? But they did an absolutely terrific job with the inside. It looks wonderful. Well, it's a nice room. It's a pretty room. Yeah. It's kind of lifted up. There's a little mm-hmm. sunlight there. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so we're done with that. All right. No, but I do believe that the, the uh, church thing. Has wheels, right? I mean, I actually think you're right about that. To bring someone in, are there such a thing? Is there such a thing as a worship consultant? Is that kind of a, is that a thing? I'm sure there is. 
I'm See, sure I there is something mess. That's like too. That. That's sacred. It's holy. And There's all of a pastoral sudden, consultants, right? There's I a consultant for everything. Is. Yeah, you kidding me? When I, those talk show consultants <laughs> come in here, that's when we also do. Oh, here, look, here they come! Look, I, I bet there would be a lot to gain from from someone who would come into oh, your church, always, who is not from your church, and say, you know what, you yeah. guys do this, and it's weird, right? Because you don't think about that. No, of course, because this is how we've done. That's this. been very valuable at my church. Okay, so let's start the business. John and Kathy and New Mike's mm-hmm. pastoral worship mm-hmm. consultant. I don't think I want to have anything to do with the pastor. <laughs> no. What? I'll just do the. I'll work on the road. We're swinging for the fences here. I'm signing this up. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington for the second time in two years. The Senate has changed its rules to make it easier to confirm some of the president's nominations. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell accusing Democrats of a concerted effort to block the president's nominees. It is time for this sorry chapter to end. The rule change will drastically cut debate time on most executive nominees and lower court district judges to two hours. Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. Two hours for a lifetime appointment with huge influence on people's lives is unacceptable. Two years ago, the Senate changed its rules to make it easier to end filibusters on Supreme Court nominees. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. On Wall Street, the Dow by 39 points to 26,218. The Nasdaq rose 46. The S&P advanced 6. Oil down 12 cents to 62.46 a barrel. This is SRN News. We're here at CreditRepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call CreditRepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house, or even a brand new job. Absolutely. Your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at, and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items, like late payments and collections from your credit report. In fact, on average, people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. What are you waiting for? Call CreditRepair.com today. Call 800-851-5318. That's 800-851-5318. 800-851-5318. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The way you get your medicine prescriptions is now changing across America. GoGoMeds.com can deliver your medicine right to your door. Ask your doctor to send your prescription to GoGoMeds.com. Once you fill in your information, it's in the system and your prescription is delivered. It's just that easy. Go to GoGoMeds.com and use the promo code MIKE2018 and save $10 on your first prescription. That's GoGoMeds.com and the promo code MIKE2018 gets you $10 off your first prescription. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing? but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Clouds will be gradually increasing across the area tonight. The low 36 for tomorrow. Cloudy with a little bit of rain beginning late in the morning. High 53. Some rain and drizzle off and on for tomorrow night. Low 44. Remaining cloudy and damp for Friday with some showers around. Friday's high 58 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along this gorgeous day. Fabulous. Feels like spring has finally sprung, doesn't it? I almost felt like the coat I wore today was too much. Nice. I thought that that was a very a, good sign. It surely is, yes, because I was wearing a winter coat and gloves and a hat on mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, How about when you get uh, – do you get this way? You get something in your head like a food that you want to eat. Yes. And until you sate that desire, it becomes an obsession. Yes. Okay, case in point. I've been thinking about a burger from Tesoro's, <gasps> the blue cheeseburger. So delicious. Yeah. the uh, To me, the absolute best burger in no, the city. No better burger in town. I believe that's true. The blue cheeseburger from Tesoro's. No, I wouldn't go the blue cheeseburger. What I was you? getting a burger at Tesoro's. What would you go? I'd go deli burger. Oh, really? Okay. All the right. deli burger is so perfectly balanced mm-hmm. because the deli burger has coleslaw on it. See, I'm not doing that. Oh, my gosh. I'm not, no, not Listen, it is, and you know what else it has? Mm. It, first of all, it's on rye bread, which is my yeah, favorite bread like of all time. I don't like that either. I'm not... And Swiss cheese, Thousand Island dressing. Oh, really? It is really? a taste triumph. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. I love right, it. Okay. I can't believe we're talking about it. Okay. I had no warning we were talking about no, this. No, it's just because I've been thinking about you know a burger, but then I saw something about, <sighs> how about this debacle? Um, burger King... <laughs> Which is okay. Burger King, which is kind of as far away from Tesoro's. I'm not sure why we're talking about the them West. in the same conversation, but okay. Burger King is introducing a version of its iconic Whopper sandwich filled with a vegetarian patty. The Impossible Whopper, as it will be known, yeah. is the biggest validation and expansion opportunity 
for the industry that is looking to mimic and replace meat with plant-based alternatives. That is so tragic, plant-based yep. alternatives. The rollout will start in the chain St. Louis restaurants and then proceed nationwide if all goes well. And they've already produced commercials for it. Um, as a conflicted omnivore, I don't need more meat, but I'm also deeply leery of tofu or falafel or plant-based it's burgers. awful. Listen, maybe this is maybe this is new breakthrough. Can I just be honest with you? I'm married to a vegetarian. Yep. Okay, we eat we eat, we don't eat red meat at home. We the only so we're not. He, he's not a vegetarian. He's a pescatarian. So we eat fish at home, but that's it. Tofu is terrible. Yeah. Listen, you can try to dress it up as much as you want. You can try to season it with whatever. You can try to turn it into ice cream or your entree or put it in your salad or whatever. The bottom line is we just all have to accept the fact yeah. that it's terrible. Well, I don't mind so tofu. Just accept it. When it's in Chinese food, it's you know, awful. little chunks I of it, I don't mind that. I hate that taste. Isn't the texture awful? It's like a um, an, an eraser. It's like gelatin. Mm. Not good. No, anyway. I, and look, I love vegetables, obviously. It's most of my diet. And I want to support my local vegetable. But I also think me trying to put a good spin on tofu is a waste of time. Well, look, though, these may be salad days, no pun intended. Uh, they will look back on plant-based burgers as a dream. Because what about burgers that are being grown in laboratories, like meat laboratories? <laughs> what is I mean, it ta- it, what is that all about? It tastes like despair. Yeah, you know that. It does taste like Have despair. you guys ever had a veggie burger? I have had a veggie burger. I actually don't mind veggie burgers. I do, but it depends on what you ha- what you put on them because clearly yeah. what it is it tastes matter. awful. Right, Jerome Bettis, the Girl Thirty Six. Yeah, they have bur- veggie burger. Is that a good there? one? Their veggie burger. Yeah, to die for. Okay, what? that's to die great. For? I like, really, I really like good. that recommendation. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. You you went to Jerome Bettis's Grill and had a veggie my, burger. My wife has a corn allergy, so she. No Fritos. Yeah, no Fritos, and so she can't. <laughs> no Fritos, and she has to have grass-fed burgers. Grass-fed. So if there's no grass-fed burgers available, she gets a veggie burger. I see. So I'm like, what? She said this. She tried the veggie burger there, and she was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I'm like, there's no way that's good. Yeah. Every veggie burger is horrible. Right. It's just, so. I tasted that thing. It was so good. Really? I ate, I ate, more, I ate more than she did. Because you know what? The secret ingredient was meat. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no. probably. probably. No, it, you know, it's like the black bean combo. And yes. The, and, and then, you know, if you put on top, you know, oftentimes there's like a salsa or some oh, type yeah. of aioli or something on top. Yeah. The aioli? more things you can put on top of it, the better off you it are is. because mm-hmm. the actual thing is bad. Right. I just think, I think it is bad. Right. But I've eaten a lot of them and I'm, I I support them. Yeah. How about the frozen ones that you buy? Oh, I like those. No. I Ew. think. No, 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 no. No, I think wait, they're wait, wait. terrible. You're talking like they're a burger? Bad. You're talking about a burger? No, the veg- veggie oh, burger. Oh, no, no. I'm talking like a burger. The That's frozen bad. burger. I think we're talking about a veggie burger. Okay. Yeah. It tastes right. bad. It's become the theme of the show here. It tastes bad. I, we, we started right. off talking okay. about Wendy's. Oh, no, no. And listen, we've got Rob Beer Temple. We're going to be talking to in a couple minutes. But I just got I got to lay something out for you because I want to come back to it later on in the sour. Okay. Really, really great article in The New Yorker by Charlotte Mendelson. She says this. You ready? There are almost 8 billion humans in the world, and one needs a way of working out whom to like. It can't be as simple as whether they're right or left wing, dog or cat people, or even that fail safe, have they suffered? Oh, please. No. There's only one valid litmus test for friendship, romance, or affinity, and that is the Five Desert Island Foodstuffs. <laughs> what is that? The Five Desert Island Foodstuffs are the dishes one cannot live without. If you could eat only these few items forever, which five 
would you choose? Mm. This exercise reveals everything one wants to know about a person. Are you sufficiently interested in food to give this exercise your time? Do you have the attention to imaginary detail that the subject requires? If not, please find your own desert island. Mine's full. Oh, so great. So she goes through then in this well, she, article? She says, after enormous, after enormous consideration, I believe, she says, the wisest desert island foodstuffs to be, colon, would you like to hear her five? Yes, please. Roast chicken. Apples, preferably Cox's orange pippins, good bread, violently mature cheddar cheese, violently, and eighty-five percent dark chocolate. That's a pretty good That's list. That's her five. She says, "I've toyed with alternatives: bacon, kale, raspberries, mm-hmm. simple greens in lieu of bread." But I have realized that in my isolated island home, these are the five simple pleasures I could not sanely. Live without. Okay, that's good. Maybe we should give this some some thought. No, I'm. Yeah, I don't want. You, do you have I, a list? I have my list. Well, I don't have a list. Well, I'm I'm telling you now so that you have time to okay. think about. It. I mean, I might ask Rob Beer Temple in just a few minutes. His like five if he favorite. Has, if he has his five favorite you know, desert island food stuff. So the five foods you just feel like would bring you joy over and over again. Okay, very nice. Okay, so uh, as you said, you just promote uh, Rob Beer Temple. Yeah, we're coming up next. We're going to talk about the pirates. We're going to talk about Dick Grote and Steve Blass. And uh, why everything stretches out with potential in front of us at the start of the baseball season. One hundred one point five WORD. Are you ready for heaven? If you knew that Jesus was returning next week, next month, or even next year, what changes would you make in your life, and maybe more importantly, in your heart? Well, these are some of the tough questions Dr. J. Vernon McGee asks this week on Through the Bible as our study of the Old Testament book of Isaiah continues. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll save a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive. Through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics. An independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Hi, I'm Mike Ditcher. On the field, they called me Iron Mike. But some days, even Iron Mike can feel a little rusty. So I turn to Blue Emu. Blue Emu's non-greasy, deep-penetrating formula gets down deep 
for big time comfort. And more importantly, it doesn't leave me smelling like a locker room. Now, do you excuse me? I have some yelling to do. You hit like old men. Blue Emu. It works fast and you won't stink. Sight and Sound Theaters invites you to a special event. Coming to movie theaters nationwide for three days only. Noah, I will cover the earth with a great flood. A flood? You must build an ark. Come on board for one of the world's best-known voyages in this original stage production filmed in front of a live audience. Lord, thank you. I couldn't have done any of this without you. Noah, in movie theaters nationwide for three days only. For locations, visit noahevent.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM discount shopping club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Rob Beard Temple's with us. Pirate Senior Editor for the Athletic Pittsburgh and a correspondent for MLB Network. Before joining The Athletic, Rob covered the MLB and college football, the NFL, the NHL, and all sorts of other things during his 24-year career at the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I'm a big fan, Rob. Welcome in. Hey, you make me feel old now, 24 years. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Should I have left the number off? That's a long time, Rob. You you just said a number of years. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's he's followed these sports for any number of years. Yes, various and sundry. Hey, Rob. Uh, I'm doing doing well. How are you doing today? We're good. We're really good. We're excited. We're looking forward to the Pirate game this evening, despite the debacle on Monday. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to see maybe a lot of those kind of games. Not necessarily a lot, but one of those games where, you know, the defense kind of falters a little bit, and sometimes that's, that's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, like the Cardinals, you know, for them to, to crawl back in it. Uh, you got to make every play. This is a team that has very little margin for error, definitely right. at the plates, definitely on the bases, and definitely in the field. Right. So, Rob, uh, we've we never met before. We've followed uh, you on uh, social media and whatnot and uh, love your writing, uh-huh. of course. Uh, but I'm just always okay. curious about the guy. I mean, you know, to be a sports mm-hmm. writer, I think, is every you know young guy's dream if you love sports, baseball or football or whatever. Tell us for a second about, you know, your career path. How is it that you became a sports writer? Well, I knew, uh, I just when I was in high school, I went to North Catholic, uh, when I was still Joy Hill North Catholic, and uh, kind of knew that I was interested in writing, but didn't really know where I was going to go with it. Uh, so I went out to college, uh, this is Penn State, and I started working for them, you know. Hey, Rob, you know what? We got a bad connection. Yeah, we we're got, we got a bad phone back. line. How about um, we'll drop you for a second, go to a commercial break, and, and Mike will call you back, all right? Uh, let's do that. Sounds um, good, because I want to, first of all, hear how Rob became a reporter. But second of all, i got to hear what he thinks about Josh Bell at first base. Yeah, exactly. So we'll take how do you a, feel about Josh Bell at first base? He doesn't look comfortable, comfortable to me. No. You, th- you think that, too? Uh, yeah, I think he's probably just, you know, best case for now. Yeah, but where else? What else is he going to? I don't know. But that's the Pirates, isn't it? Let's. You want to just stay here? Uh, you want to go back? Oh no, we we're taking a break. Uh, no, no, we're not okay. taking a break. Right, we're okay. staying here. Okay, so here it is. Uh, it's going to be cold this evening. Would you go to the Pirate game? This no, evening? thank Too you cold. for asking. Too cold. No, listen. Last year and the season before, you and I both went to a game in early April with friends of ours. Yes, 
And both times, I was so miserable by the end of the game, and we stayed till the bitter end. But I'm just not. I'm not doing that again, John. I'm just not. No. When I think of the things I love about baseball, you know, I think of I think of you know PNC Park, and I think of the there's fact that there's no clock in this game, and I think the fact that it's summer, freezing. Sitting along the third base line is not my idea of a fun night. No, it's not. Okay. All right. So I think we got a better connection. Hey, Robbie there. Hey, I'm back. Oh, that's oh, so much, much better. better. All right, Rob, you were telling us about All deciding right. that you were going to be a sports writer when you were, what, like four years old? <laughs> well, a little, little older than that. I was in high school. kind of knew I wanted to write. Went to Penn State. Started working on the paper there, the Vegas Legion. And didn't really know what, you know, at that point, everybody wants to write those big investigative pieces. And they said, hey, we have a spot on the sports staff. You want to try that? And I was like, sure, you know, all right. So nice. I uh, just started doing sports, and I've been doing it ever since. I've, uh, you know, I came out of college, worked on a couple of little papers here in Pennsylvania, then I moved to Maryland for seven years, worked there for a while, and then uh, moved back to Pittsburgh for good in 94. Wow. So in all those years, I don't think anybody, you know, I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot, no one could uh, anticipate the rise of the Internet and the demise of the daily paper, which is just sort of gutted yeah. newsrooms all over the country. Yeah, even, uh, yeah, I have uh, kids ask me all the time, you know, college kids, uh, how to get into business, what can I do to, you know, to what path should I follow? What, and, and really, this business has changed so much, even just in the past three to four years, let alone the past 10 or 15, that, you know, it, it's hard to say exactly if there is a formula anymore for getting into it, because you're right. There's the things, the way that we cover, you know, just sticking to sports, the way I cover a game now is so much different than, than what it was whenever I was, you know, just right out of college, whenever I was 10 years into my career. It's a different type of mm-hmm. coverage now. It's a different type of uh, reporting. Rob, the uh, opener that just happened a couple days ago, John was in the crowd. He was, I was there. freezing yeah. his poor uh-huh. little body off. Horrible. Mike and I were hap- <laughs> happily ensconced here in the studio, so we were fine. But I think you know my favorite thing about the broadcast, and I was listening to it on the radio actually, was hearing Dick Grote honored, hearing Steve Blass honored. Um, I mean, yeah. these, to, to think of the unbelievable amount of time that these two guys have invested in Pittsburgh sports. I mean, it, it's just it's so terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, guys like that, they, you try to think about all that they've, not only the games that they've seen, but, you know, the things that they've done, both as players and, and broadcasters, um, being around teams. It's, uh, you know, a guy like Steve Blass, I, I, I wrote about him on opening day and just kind of spent that day hanging out with him in the booth and watching what he was doing, how he was interacting. And, you know, the guy's joking later here. He has seven stories he tells them over and over again. He's probably got about 7,000 stories. I bet. And uh, it's just, it's, it's great, you know, just, just to sit there and, and sit back and listen to some of the stuff that he, you know, that he throws out there. Because you know, the, the, the coverage changes, the players change, but a, but a lot of things in the, in the game, no matter what game it is, you know, the people, are, you know, the, the way guys react with each other, the way athletes react with media and with, with each other, it doesn't really change in a lot of different ways. It's, it's when you get right down to it, they're, they're, they're people just like us. Yeah. And so, what, what about that? Rob Beer Temple's with us, uh, the, the Athletic Pittsburgh. He's a correspondent for MLB Network as well. So, uh, people are people. But is there a moment, Rob, when you're like, you know, in front of somebody and you think, "Holy smokes, I can't believe I'm standing in front of X and I'm having a conversation," <laughs> or is it just like, "And eh, I'm just going to do my job." You, you try to, to, to knock that out of you after a while, that, you know, that, that off actor. There has been a couple of times, although, you know, when it hits me, I, 
said, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. I, I'll tell you what, there was last summer I had the, the privilege of, of being up in uh, Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame induction weekend. Nice. Uh, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a member of the, the Baseball Writers Association, and, and every year the president gets to go to the induction weekend, and I give a little speech in the duck, for inducting a, another writer. And I'm up there on this stage. It was at uh, that Doubleday Field, that uh, little baseball park they have right there in the middle of Cooperstown. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the stage there that they've set up, and there's, I don't know, 30 or 40 Hall of Famers behind me sitting there in the crowd wow. on, the, on the dais. And that was pretty cool. But then they come up to me and say, hey, we have a last-minute edition. Would you mind if we put this chair, if this guy sits next to you? He, he doesn't get around very well. He has to be close to the stairs. I'm like, sure. You know, I don't, that's fine with me. So they put the chair there, and I'm sitting there for a minute or two. Then I, whoever the, you know, the guy arrives and sits down, and I look to my right to see who it is. And it was Hank Aaron. Whoa. Wow. And, yeah. And for me, that was, I looked out at the crowd. My wife was out in the crowd. And I'm like mouthing to her, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. <laughs> and we, we sat at them for about 10 or 15 minutes and just about, you know, stuff. He, uh, you know, he told me he recently had a knee operation. And I said, yeah, my mom had a knee replacement. And he was like, how's your boss doing? I'm like, I, I'm talking about my mom's knee with the Hank Aaron. It, oh, that's so cool. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of those moments where you, you, you put aside, you know, your reporter mask and, and you let yourself be a little bit of a fan. Nice. Yeah. All right. Speaking of being a fan, Rob, uh, we're Bucko fans, and we are tr- we are trying hard to approach this season with optimism. No, there's always no, a, like a look, cloud I'm, of despair, I'm Rob. Trying. You know that. John has already su- succumbed to to his you know like uh, depressant personality, but I am trying very hard to hold it up. Okay. So talk. Now, we heard from the all summer long that the bullpen was going to be a strength. Yeah, for the Bucks. So yeah, that's what I meant. All winter. So what the heck happened a couple of days ago? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it, it, it some some degree it's uh, in, it, it's difficult because you look. I've been looking at some of the numbers. I spent this morning crunching some numbers as to what what they'd be up with some of these guys. And Rich Rodriguez is one of those guys who everybody expects to be a little bit better than sharper than he's been right out of the gate here. I think with with him in particular, he's he's just the simplest way of putting it is he's, he's getting a lot of balls in the strike zone, but maybe too much of the strike zone. Last year. He was better at hitting the fringes of the zone. Guys were chasing. They weren't in contact. I think some of that is just the fact that they're not as sharp as they will be later in the year. Maybe you can say some of it is due to the weather. It's been cold. It's been wet. It's been miserable. Maybe some of it is the fact that it's just that, you know, some guys just come out of the gate sharper than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the surprise to me a little bit has been Felipe Vasquez. I know. He's had a couple of outings, and he's thrown a ton of pitches. And, uh, you know, that that throws things off. You just can't, you know, people think, well, why, did, why can't he pitch today? He pitched yesterday. It's, it, it's, it's the way the game is now, the way that athletes are monitored and used. It is a little bit more like, you know, I don't want to say you know, machinery, but it's like, you know, you, you're, you're monitoring every pitch, every and not just the number of pitches, but how many pitches are made at max effort. Right. What's the anxiety level with their guys on base when they're throwing? All these things are taken into account now. So, it's, yeah, there's been a little bit of maybe overuse that they didn't expect, and guys just haven't been as sharp as they should be. I see. Rob Beer Temple's with us. He's the Pirates senior writer for the Athletic Pittsburgh, correspondent for MLB Network. So, Rob, um, uh, right now, are you at uh, PNC Park? Yes, I am. I'm. I'm in a hall. I'm in a in the, in the, I guess the stairway over outside the press box, looking out over uh, General Roberts. Nice. 
Okay, so so you're at work. So what's your day look like? I mean, a regular work day when there's a home game, you get to the park mm-hmm. at what time? And, and tell you know, sort of go through that timeline. What I'll do usually when I first get up, it starts dang, and, and much to my wife's consternation, sometimes it's like I usually go right onto Twitter and see if any if there are any brush fires that happened overnight that I need to be aware of, uh, you know, whether with the pirates or, or anywhere else. And then I'll probably do a little bit of research during the day. Like today, I spent a lot of time with, uh, with some, uh, some stat numbers, uh, just about the bullpen and, and different types of things and trying to get some story ideas there. 7-5 games, so I usually get to the ballpark around quarter after two. Um, and then, again, go through the game notes and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do some more research. And well, the clubhouse opens about quarter after three. You've got maybe an hour or so talk to Clint Hurdle and the, whatever whatever guys wander into the clubhouse. Uh, trying to get Francisco Cervelli for a couple of days. He's a busy busy guy pregame, so he's tough to nail down. And then uh, the game will go on. And when I was a newspaper guy, you know, when I was writing game stories, it's amazing how little baseball you see because you're you're trying to bang out that story because it has to be filed the second that game ends. Mm-hmm. But you're writing and writing and writing while the game is going on and. You're, you know, maybe you've written the lead, and then the other team will score three runs and just blow up that lead. You've got to redo everything. And wow. uh, the worst thing in the world is a walk-off, you know, walk-off winner, in, 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 especially in extra innings, because it's, it's probably late, and you've probably written a lot of stuff that may or may not be vital anymore, and you've got to redo a lead. And that's pretty bad. But the gig I have now with the athletic, you take more of a big picture, more of a featuring kind of approach. I see. Talking about trends or, or, or player features or things like that, so I can. I can actually watch the game a little bit more, which is what I didn't always have when I was a newspaper guy. Yeah, so then those days that you and I grew up with where there were, you know, six or seven guys who were full-time sports writers covering the Pirates, th- those days are gone. I mean, even for the Post-Gazette, uh, are, are there guys who cover the team day-to-day who are, you know, meeting that deadline like you talked about? Yeah, I mean, the PG has, uh, well, Bill Brink is, is one of the best oh, yeah. in the business. He's covered the, the Bucks for a while the PG. Uh, and there's a couple. Yeah, Adam Barry works for MLB.com, um, so he, he does the day-to-day stuff as well. There, there's maybe, like you say, maybe about four or five full-time beat guys who, who travel with the team and, and were there pretty much most games uh, from from spring training right until October. I see. Um, sometimes later October, sometimes most of the time, just that start of October and never done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Rob, who's pitching for the uh, Buccos tonight? Jamison Tyone is pitching for the Pirates this evening. Uh, guy who I really expect to have, a, well, he had kind of a breakout year last mm-hmm. year, but I, I, I think he'll, I think there are still even more steps forward he can take. Um, he's a, he's such a smart kid. I mean, studies the game. Every, you know, everybody who plays this game obviously you know is involved with it and takes time to prepare. But Jamison takes that to different levels. Um, he watches constantly watches the game when he's not pitching or whatever. He'll, He'll go back to the hotel, and his idea of a fun night is to sit there, brew himself some coffee, and watch the, the West Coast games on his iPad. Nice. And he'll study the study the pitchers. Hmm. He studied. He told me last year how watching Clayton Kershaw pitch a couple of games for the Dodgers was kind of what rekindles his interest in throwing the slider again. So hmm. he basically just brought that slider out of nowhere. He hadn't thrown it in years and put it back in his repertoire and polished it up over just a couple of weeks, and it became one of the better sliders in the National League. So. I love that. So, yeah, such a smart kid, so much potential even still, uh, so much room for growth there for him. And this is a big year for him because it's after this he becomes eligible for salary arbitration, 
and uh, that's when, as a player, when you you can finally start to make some real money. So, you know, this is a time when guys really need to buckle down and start to perform. Rob, who's going for the Cardinals? That, I don't know. <laughs> I think, oh, it is. It's Miles Mikolas. I'm sorry. I just remember that. It is Miles Mikolas. He used to be with the Pirates briefly, then he pitched overseas, came back last year, and better, I think, than a lot of people expected. Um, you know, more of a veteran guy. And he was one of those guys, he's talked about how pitching over in Asia kind of, you know, maybe opened his eyes a little bit to becoming more of a pitcher and less of a thrower and studying the craft and learning the craft I a little see. bit more. So. That'll be interesting. You know, two guys tonight who are really, you know, really intently focused on being better guys and learning their, their, their craft. And uh, it, it, I think it'll be a good matchup. Very nice. Okay, so let's hope okay. we get a win tonight in the chilly confines of PNC Park. You feel good about it, Rob? <laughs> Well, I don't root for wins a lot. Come on, Rob. No, he doesn't. He's being <laughs> no, he's, okay. well, objective. I, okay, well, I... Um, I'm feeling good about it. Are you it. feeling good oh, about it, Oh, heck yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. It's game number two. Yeah, <laughs> at least at home. Hey, Rob, thanks an awful lot. Good to meet you, and uh, thanks for coming along today to give us an inside peek of what it is to be a sports writer. No problem. Talk to you later. Our pleasure. Yeah, talk to you as well. Rob Beer Temple, he is the, uh, the Pirate Senior Writer for the Athletic Pittsburgh, correspondent for Major League Baseball Network. Take a break. Come back. we got more ahead. Uh... What are we talking about here? Oh, We're going to have the poem of the day. Oh, the poem of the day. And Who doesn't love the poem of the day? Everyone loves the poem of the day. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro Pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Are you tired of your old and drafty windows and doors? Pella offers three lines of vinyl, a fiberglass product, and various lines of wood. So we have gorgeous new windows and doors to fit your needs and any budget. You deserve Pella quality. And for a limited time, get 50% off installation and 12 months no payments, no interest. Yeah, we can do that. Call 855-77-PELLA. We'll come to you. PellaPittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. This Friday, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Anne Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. And then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Theaters Friday. I got a call this morning from uh, my oldest daughter, who's a student at Grove City College, and she had gotten sick during the night, very, very sick during the night. And um, she said, you know, I think I got to get over to student health. Uh, I'm just so sick. I don't know if I can make it on my own. Anyway, so a friend of hers, you know, I felt you know, as helpless as you can imagine feeling at a moment like that since I was here and she was there. But 
Uh, she had a friend help her over to uh, student health. And um, and here's the thing. She ended up uh, being in student health for a while. They assessed her well, and then they sent her to the ER, and she got the treatment she needed, and uh, she's at home now, and so we're good, and she's recovering. Um, it's just a virus. But uh, I can say that there was a moment – more than that. There were several moments in there where you have to say to yourself, okay, so that's my kid and they're in college and they're, you know, growing up and, you know, they can care for themselves and all of that. But you're still the parent and you have to have a certain level of trust and confidence in the school that they attend. You just do. And uh, so wherever you decide to send your kid, uh, whenever you decide, whenever it's time for your kid to go away, all I can tell you is think about your kid being really sick, being um, on their own and having to be in a place where the people are going to have them decide whether to go to an emergency room or not. I'm telling you, you want a kind of place that has shown you over time that they care about your kid as an individual, that they look at your child not just as a number, but as a person, and that they're actually committed not just to them as a, as a student or as an academician, but actually as a child of God. That's how I felt this morning when my kid was sick. I thought, okay, so I'm, I'm going to pray about this. And I'm really grateful that she's at Grove City College because I know she's with a bunch of people who value her as a person. If you want more information about this school, I would recommend it. Find them online, gcc.edu. Clouds will be gradually increasing across the area tonight, the low 36. For tomorrow, cloudy with a little bit of rain beginning late in the morning, high 53. Some rain and drizzle off and on for tomorrow night, low 44. Remaining cloudy and damp for Friday with some showers around. Friday's high, 58 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. April's National Poetry Month. Yeah. Those of you that listen to the show, you know that I have had a, you know, a long-standing opposition, not opposition, but just kind of... Disgust. Not disgust. Oh, no, it was That's disgust. too much. I don't think it was disgust. I think You I'd, scoffed. You're a poetry scoffer. I'm not a scoffer. You were a poetry scoffer. I think I was I'd bring scoffing. it up and you'd go, you'd go this. <laughs> no, I, I never did. Oh, no. No, I sat across from you many a time and I would feel that expulsion of breath in my face. I just didn't get it. Now, listen, I need to... Okay, how about some poetry? <sighs> because poetry to me seemed very slow, and it had to be really meaningful. And I just was, I think, in a little bit too cynical of a frame of mind to really get it, which is why last year I decided to come clean and say, you've loved poetry all these years, and I've taken your advice many times, and it has panned out, and so I decided that last year I would immerse myself in poetry Thank and you. read one poem a day on the air here, April of 2018, which I did... And I loved it. Of course. I did. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much, in fact, that we're doing it again this year. The poem a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing a poem a day because it's, nas- it's National Poetry Month. Okay, great. And uh, I have a daughter who is an uh, English student at Grove City College, and so she has sent me a poem every single day. Mm-hmm. But today, she sent a poem specifically that she hoped that John would read. Very nice. Okay, good. I'll be happy to read this. This is a poem by Wendell Berry. Mm-hmm which I I love very much. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Hold on. I don't want this, Mike. No, that's the poetry music. Please. That's the poetry theme. I don't poetry care. Poetry three, three I don't music. need it. I do not want a, an underscore. You're Please. too good for it. No, I'm not too good for it. And now that he's reading the poem, he's yeah. like, no, no, we should It clutters it, and it puts a, a fake emotional veneer All right, on. Fine. Okay. I don't, please. Right. Thank you. Holy Jeez. smokes. I don't, need a, I don't need an assistance Yikes. from piano music. Okay, this is HR. Wendell Berry. What's that? <laughs> HR. <laughs> Host harassment. Oh, the poor producer. Okay, sorry, I, I digress. This is um, Wendell Berry's, the poem is called A Meeting. In a dream, I meet my dead friend. He has, I know, Gone long and far, and yet he is the same, for the dead are changeless. They grow no older. It is I who have changed, grown strange to what I was. Yet I, the changed one, ask, how you been? He grins and looks at me. I've been eating peaches off some mighty... Fine trees. And that's it. I love that. Wendell Berry, a meeting. Mm-hmm. I love that. National Poetry Month. Yeah, thanks. Read yourself a poem and enjoy it. Yeah, any poem. Oh, there's that music. And, and again. maybe this music would, you know, encourage you to read a poem. Wouldn't I don't encourage think John so. to read a poem. It, it would encourage you to like I don't know. Fall into the pit of despair. No, I no it's not despair music. No. Like, do you think it's despair music? No, it's relaxing. It helps you, you know, sit back and reflect and get out of here. Call HR. <laughs> 101.5-WORD. With more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways, too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. Spending time with family. That's my favorite thing to do. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drum, Neville Island, later tonight from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. Texting and rules for alerts and offers via automatic text message. Message and data rates may apply. Has dinner got you down? Sick of awful frozen meals or unhealthy fast food? Don't despair because Martha Stewart is doing a free taste test, giving away three full-sized meals from her new meal kit delivery service, Martha and Marley Spoon. All fresh ingredients with Martha's delicious and easy recipes. You're eating in just 30 minutes. To be part of Martha's at-home taste test and get three free meals, be one of the first 100 people to text the word Martha to 246810. It's so easy. Text us now. Martha and Marley's spoon meals are easy, simple, and delicious. And right now, Martha wants you to enjoy three of her best 30-minute meals for free so you can save time and enjoy eating dinner again. To be part of Martha's at-home taste test and get your three free meals, be one of the first 100 people to text Martha to 246810. That's Martha to 246810. Martha to 246810. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. 
because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, the safest, most innovative Sprinter yet, starting at just 33790 Built for you, the all-new Sprinter. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. NSFP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charging, dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. Bring on the April showers at Lumber Liquidators. We've got you covered with waterproof vinyl plank flooring all on sale, like malted oak vinyl plank for only $1.42. And all water-resistant laminate is on sale, like new Desert Horizon Elm for only $1.79. Or refresh your home this spring with best selling hardwood floors on sale. Do it yourself or have it installed for you. Plus, get special financing. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning think deeply and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation robinson township christian school now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org how about when you read passages and you think what is going on there i mean do you often fall into that because i do if you don't fall into that, you're not reading the I mean, Bible. Day, I'm like, what is I mean, going that, on? Most of the passages are like that. Okay. The book of Jonah. Mm-hmm. It's a small book. Right. Fabulously, incredibly cool story. Yes. About faithfulness and, well, and running away. And it's and, also weird. Yeah, it's because, very, very weird. Because God appoints a whale to swallow Jonah. So in, in our current society, people say, well, that's, obviously that's a fable because that would never happen. Mm, yeah. And how about Jonah but, sitting underneath a... The a little tree, tree yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the God has sprung up around him. Right. And then there's a worm involved there that eats the tree itself. Mm-hmm. Just so cool. Steve Besner's with us. Pastor Besner is the senior pastor at Houston Northwest Church in Houston, Texas. Hey, Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great, John. Hey, Kathy, how are y'all doing today? Good. We're, we're, we're good. It's very nice here in Pittsburgh. Spring is here, Steve. Oh, that's great. It's a beautiful day in Houston, Texas as well. Yeah, it's probably 30 degrees warmer there than it is here. So however excited John is, just temper that a little. No, I feel good. Uh, so Steve, the the book of Jonah, you know, I started out by saying that in our secularized culture, um, and that's not a that's not a cut on our culture, it just is what it Who is, is that, you know, you we read a story like Jonah and we say, well, I mean, obviously that's not a fable. It's not like that could really happen. Right. I think a lot of people want to discredit the story right out of the gate when really science has uh, demonstrated the fact that the the ocean is really the most unexplored part of the earth that exists. And there's certainly all kinds of new species we discover on a regular basis. So it really makes good sense that there would be any sort of creature that could swallow Jonah whole. And really then the fact that God would use that to demonstrate his grace, I think, is one of the most beautiful aspects of the book. Um, you know, for people who read the Old Testament and think that it's all about an angry, judgmental God, really the book of Jonah points to the New Testament and really testifies to the everlasting character of God always being a God of grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's Jonah. Um, God says, hey, Jonah, I-, I want you to do some work for me. But Jonah, what? He gets scared. He feels not worthy. He runs in the opposite direction. Well, and I, need to, I mean, he doesn't want to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, he doesn't want to go because uh, God like was him. asking him. Right, right. He was asking Jonah to preach to uh, to the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were probably the most evil group of individuals the ancient world had ever seen. They were the folks who invented things like impaling and quartering, had all sorts of uh, terrible torture devices that they had invented. And they were really the same group of individuals that had conquered Jerusalem in 587 B.C., wiped out the temple. So Jonah had a personal disdain for for the Assyrians and really had no desire to see God be gracious to them. Uh, we read in chapter 4, actually, that he said, God, I knew you were like this. You would show mercy. You would show grace. And sure enough, you did. And so he was just mad about it and didn't want God to show grace. Uh, the funny thing is, is that even though he ran away from that, God showed Jonah grace by not wiping him out, mm -hmm. and then also showed grace to the Assyrians. It's one of my favorite parts of the Old Testament. I love just the part that you just mentioned where Jonah says, I knew you'd do this. I knew you'd be nice to them. I knew that you would. And how can you be nice to them after all they've done? And I'm still not going. Yeah, I think that's just such a great part. It's really important in our culture today um, in such a tribalistic, divided season in the life of our country and really even in our world. It's good for us to remember that God's picture of grace is so much larger than ours. It's good for me to remember that if God wants to show grace to someone that I would categorize as an enemy, that he is allowed to do that because he's God. So if God wants to show grace to ISIS or wants to show grace to godless communists, then God can do that because he has a plan and a desire for the redemption of all people. And I think that that's good for us as people who are people of faith to remember that God's grace is penetrating all sorts of spheres that we can't even imagine. Yes. So w what I love about this is that Jonah, in his disgruntled self, he goes and sits outside the city to look at the city. And then God, I mean, the God of the universe thinks, well, you know, I'm going to provide a little comfort for Jonah. And so a, a plant, a tree grows up around Jonah. And then Jonah falls asleep a worm comes out, eats the tree, the next day Jonah wakes up. I mean, tell us about that, Steve. That's wild. Yeah, that, that is wild. It's really all about, again, this idea of God's grace. Uh, what God is trying to do is to demonstrate to Jonah that he's angry about God showing grace to the Ninevites when really God is showing grace to Jonah all the time as well. So Jonah rebels, doesn't preach, and jumps or actually gets thrown overboard on this boat in chapter 1. Most people read um, Jonah being swallowed by the whale as punishment from God, when really the whale is God saving Jonah's life, saving him from drowning, and then spits him out on dry land. Jonah preaches, and then after they uh, repent in the city of Nineveh, he goes and he sets up, and he's angry. He's sulking, throwing a pity party, and God wants to show him a lesson. And he So he grows a plant up around Jonah, and Jonah, the Bible says, immediately felt exceedingly glad because of the plant. So Jonah has sort of this moment where even though he did nothing, he thinks he deserves the plant. And that's really the way we are with God's grace all the time. We get all these little blessings, these little gifts. We get good health or a great family or a great job, things that we really did nothing to earn. But we convince ourselves that we deserve this because we've been good for God. And then uh, God kind of shows this lesson to Jonah by then appointing the worm, and the worm comes and wipes out the plant, 
And God's then able to show Jonah, look, I can bless you, I can give you comfort, I can take that comfort away. All of this comes directly from my hand, and if I want to be gracious to the Ninevites, then I can do that as well. So we need to truly enjoy God's blessings uh, whenever they're hard, whenever they're uh, comfortable, because we're discovering more about God's character. Steve Besner is with us, senior pastor at Houston Northwest Church, Houston, Texas. Uh, it's a cool book, isn't it, Steve? Because it ends with a question. It's not like there's a resolution and Jonah, Jonah comes to his senses and realizes the whole thing and there's a nice wrap up. I'm, I mean, it's nothing like that. I mean, Jonah's hacked off at the end and God says, listen, you know, this is the very end of the book. You've been concerned about this vine though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Yeah, it's such a great conclusion. I love it because it, it allows a little tension to sit there with the reader, and it reminds them that God kind of puts the ball in the court of Jonah in the book, and in the same way he puts the ball in our courts, as well. He's, it's essentially, as you read it, you think, who are the people that I have condemned in my own heart that perhaps God has an extension of grace towards? And if I begin to recognize that in the same way that, that Jonah was recognizing that in that moment, then I can probably identify the groups of people in my neighborhood, in my city, in my country uh, that I have condemned that really God wants to show grace to and that I probably need to show grace to as well. That's excellent. Hey, Steve, thanks an awful lot. We, we enjoyed the journey and uh, you as the guide. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. Yeah, guys. the pleasures are Steve Besner from Houston, Texas. He's the senior pastor at Houston Northwest Church. I'm John Simmons, manager of agriculture for Tabasco brand pepper sauce. My family's made Tabasco sauce for 150 years. What am I working for? I'm working to stay true to our family recipe. At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. ADP, always designing for people. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. One of the things I find fascinating about Jonah is that animals play a central role in the story. A big role, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we know that a fish swallows Jonah, right? So a great fish. So yep. it could be a whale. You know, it doesn't actually say the word whale. It says the fish. People presuppose um, that, right? But it says that God appointed 
the fish to swallow Jonah. Yeah. So God said to the fish, you. hey, you swallow him. And the fish did what God said because that's what animals do. Yeah. Right? Animals are not held under sin. Animals don't sin the way we, we do. Um, they're subject to sin because the whole creation is subject to sin. And the creation is groaning in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. But anyway, am, animals don't sin as we sin. Then the the worm shows it. up in the fourth uh, chapter, and it says here, first of all, it says the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah, and Jonah's very happy about the vine, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the vine, so that it withered, and that's when Jonah got mad, because the sun came and the wind came and all. Okay, so first of all, there's the great fish, and then there's the worm, and at the very end, the, the uh, last portion that I read before the break, when uh, Jonah is still angry. And he says, I'm angry enough to die. And then God comes back and says, you have been concerned about this vine that you didn't tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. That's it. Should I not be concerned about such a great city? So in that short book, God's talking about a giant whale, Mm -hmm. a tiny worm, Mm -hmm. And thousands of heads of cattle. And he didn't have, I mean, the story is, it it couldn't take place without animals. Right. I mean, God uses the animals. Yeah, I just, I'm so moved by how beautiful and how wonderfully engineered God's creation is and how much we have to learn from the animals that are around us. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and it's, I'm, I'm sure it will take all of eternity for us to, enjoy the beauty of the animals that, that God has made. I was at this uh, this conference in the fall, and I heard a pastor say, a well-respected pastor, who I respect very much, saying, and you know, this pastor was talking about how annoying it was that you go into restaurants now and some people bring their animals. Now, that doesn't happen all that much here in Pittsburgh. No. It happens a lot. I was just out in California last week. People bring their dogs into restaurants all the time in the West Coast. Oh, you're is it European also? Oh, yeah, that's European. Okay. So, and this pastor was saying how much he he dislikes that. And then he went on to say that that was just an example of how we have come to devalue human people. And we are, you know, trying to put animals in their place. And he concluded by saying there was no biblical ethic for the care of animals. And, you know, he knows a lot more about the Bible than I do. But I, I just, I don't know how you can read even the book of Jonah and think that there's no ethic right. the for the care of animals. Care. That, I mean, God cared about the cattle in Nineveh. Um, he specifically utilized a whale and a worm to accomplish his, uh, his will for Jonah and to communicate with him and to protect him and provide for him. There's, there's an ethic. I, I think there's a biblical ethic for the care of animals. We can talk about Balaam's ass. Yeah. We can talk about the fact that, well, look that at Balaam's guest. ass was a heck of a lot better than Balaam was. Look at John John Kistler. Oh, Kessler. yeah. You know, Kistler. Kistler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John was one of our favorite guests for many years. And th- this guy knows the Bible and animals like nobody's business. He'd make a strong case for the biblical care of animals. Well, I feel like anybody who reads the Bible should be able to make a strong case yeah, of course. for the fact that there is an ethic for the treat the the well treatment of animals. But maybe the, so the pastor you heard, you know, oftentimes we get modern day sensibilities like 
Look, we're a little over the top in our love for animals now. Which I understand. I think there's. I think he probably brings up a good point that sure. we elevate animals at the expense of humans because no we've devalued animals. At the same time, though, I don't think that we can take our personal preferences. Like, if you don't like animals, that's fine. But I don't think you can say, well, that Here's equals the fact that there's no biblical ethic for the care of animals because there certainly is. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's yeah. a further discussion yeah, down the road. we can talk about that at another time. Well, you want to bring but... a pastor on the air? No. <laughs> Do I'll not. Try, I'll try to remember his name so I can look him up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but go home and... I don't know, hug your dog or your fish. Oh, yeah. Or your turtles. Whatever be, you be got. Be glad for all the cicadas they are going to take over Pittsburgh hey! in the next three months. That is going to be awesome. I, it's going to be so. so good. Yeah. A million and a half cicadas per acre. That's creepy. Hey, listen, uh, check us out online, johnandkathyshow.com. Download on iTunes. Our podcast. Yeah. Go to iTunes and uh, we're there waiting for you. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Let's go, Bucks. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.